3: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: We haven't heard the last of Prigozhin. I mean Putin certainly appears humiliated and weakened and frankly after years of looking invincible there are now serious questions about how long he can stay in power, indeed how much power he actually continues to wield.
0: Who says Vladimir Putin is going to deliver Mm -hmm. on the deal. I mean, if I were Prigozian, I would keep my bodyguards close and my food taster closer because poison is one of uh, uh, Putin's favorite instruments of uh, getting revenge.
5: Yeah, I like those two clips because it covers both ends of it. That's what's interesting about this story. So there's a coup happening. Guy's marching his army to Moscow to take over the country. Going great. I mean, it's going great. (laughs) And then he all of a sudden turns around and goes back because they struck a deal. So neither one of these guys, Putin or Prigozhin, are naive. I mean, they're more hardcore Machiavellian than than anybody, you know. So neither one of them trust the other one at all with their very lives at stake. I mean, either one of them. Happier in heck to murder the other one with their bare hands if they get the chance. So what is going on here? Why are they both pretending that, I'm sure, so I, uh, I'll drop the charges and you won't try to overcome kill me again. And, yeah, that's right, I won't come kill you again and you won't try to hunt me down and poison me to death. So anyway, that was kind of fun, that whole coup thing. Sorry about the misunderstanding. What, what in the world? Nobody has any idea what's going on. No, no.
4: Both have a strong interest in appearing to be in control. And so they're both making noises like, oh, no, this is fine. This is what I expected. This is the deal we struck. Uh, No problem.
5: Well, neither Um, one of them are making any noises in the last quite a few hours. Putin hasn't been seen or heard from since Saturday night. Prigozhin since yesterday morning. Nobody knows where either one of these guys are. (sighs) I'm sure they've both got working like crazy to try to get intel on the other. So they're reporting out today, and it seems to be confirmed by multiple sources. One, that Prigozhin's family was threatened, and that might play a role in why he turned around, is Putin said, hey, we're going to kill everybody in your family. We already got them. We went to, their, went to your house. We got your, I don't know, wife, kids, brother, whatever. Who knows? And uh, maybe that's what's going on? The
4: yeah, tournament? I'm sure that factored in. I, I also find myself wondering... Whether part of whatever deal they came to was, uh, we let the heat die down for a few days. Nobody makes any statements.
5: And they're honoring this?
4: Well, if the one breaks it, the other will. Depending on where Purgosian is and what his circumstances are. He still has a hell of a lot of armed guys around him. So it's not like old... Uh, 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 what's his name, uh, I always forget his name, doesn't matter, uh, the leader of Belarus, um, it's not like he can go get him. His army's probably worse than the Russian army.
5: Right. And uh, another thing that's breaking today is that multiple Russian news agencies that report what Putin wants them to report is saying are saying that the investigation is back open on Prigozhin. So the whole we're going to drop charges thing, apparently that went away. So that's already breaking the deal.
4: Yeah yeah boy this is this is classic uh, uh clash of the the dictator and the well they're both warlords in essence the way they run their operations and it's a clash of the warlords and warlord Putin evidently for whatever reason has has decided you know the whole investigation thing and come down with a, a ton of bricks I'm not willing to give that up I want to hold that as like eh, careful careful I'll give you a shot of this I mean, it's not like they come to an agreement and stick to it. It's a moment-by-moment power play. So who knows? Pre- I mean, it's. I wish I knew more about what was going on behind the scenes. It's so mysterious.
5: Precaution is, as, you know, like I said, I mean, he's as wise as it gets and ruthless. Mm-hmm. He, he, he can't think that he can just, like, live out his life doing what he was doing. No No, way. he doesn't think that. No. Absolutely
4: doesn't, doesn't not. Doesn't
5: he have to take out Putin or he's de- a dead man? I think
4: he calculated that he would be unsuccessful in taking out Putin.
5: So he'd be a guaranteed dead man if he tried to take out Putin, at least this.
4: Yeah, I think so, or his force would be decimated. Every single coup, the before and the during is a process of, are you with me? And you try to assess: Do we have the forces? Uh, yes, we do. We're going to move. And uh, Prigozhin, this is—you know—this is probably right. It's not necessarily right. Prigozhin calculated certain forces would come onto his side, and some significant ones did, or stood down, which is just as good um, to wait and see who won. But he must have been calculating that some number of forces in the Kremlin would be on his side, and when he found out they weren't, he called it off. And and he's strong enough to call it off and retreat. Most people would just be strung up, like all the people in Turkey who tried to overthrow Erdogan, for instance.
5: There was a fair amount of, and you never know what is misinformation and true or or not, but there was a fair amount of chatter flying around after he called it off that a lot of his own leaders' troops are really mad that he called it off. Look, we stuck our necks out. We laid it out on the line, and you called it off? What? We're willing to go all the way to Moscow and fight for you for the, to the death. And you call it off, and now we're dead men? What the hmm. hell? So maybe he lost some of his own troops. Now you want us to go join the Russian army? And die for a stupid cause? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a tough situation. It'll be interesting to see what happens
4: internally in Russia, too, because the whole deal for Putin and any dictator is I'm in control. I'm in complete control. I'm always in control. And he was completely not in control for a day and a half at least. And his vaunted army did nothing about the insurgents. They were afraid of him.
5: Well, he fled the capital, which is an indication of something. They were tearing. a like little
4: biatch. Who said that? Was that Prigozhin? Yeah. Or somebody said
5: that. And they, uh, uh, they were tearing up the interstates around Moscow. And blew up the bridges. So, I mean, that's taking it pretty seriously. I'd say. Holy cow. The wild card that might have made the difference is, so there's another private military run by a Chechen guy with a bunch of Chechen soldiers, and he announced he was going to stop Prigozhin. Maybe that was the difference maker. The Prigozhin assumed that Chechen unit would be on his side and either just stay out of the way or go with them to Moscow, but... The Chechen dude announced, no, we're coming to stop you. Maybe that alone was enough.
4: Yeah, I heard one expert say that that dude's forces are a tiny, tiny shadow of the Wagner group, but I don't know that to be true. You could be right, because there's like 50 private armies in Russia.
5: It could have been as simple as all the the oligarchs, the 6 to 60 oligarchs that run that country. Prigozhin thought they would all be on his side, and none of them were... He's on the phone with these guys, and they're like, "Nah, nah, 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 dude, what are you doing?" Yeah,
4: yeah, we like our current gravy train. Thank you.
5: And I think, as sick as it sounds, the world might be better off with Putin running the nuclear arsenal than Prigozhin, because somebody's gonna run the world's biggest nuclear arsenal.
4: You know, one bit of analysis that I thought was fantastic was Prigozhin put out a long, like, statement interview video and w- and a lot of it was addressed to the russian people but there were unmistakable bits of it that were addressed to western intelligence agencies like him saying for instance uh, any discussion of using uh, nuclear weapons even tactical nukes is insanity anybody who had threatened that is mad or there's no place for that in the modern world so he was trying to get a little love from the western intelligence services that probably never materialized either
5: Almost certainly. A lot of this stuff, obviously, uncertain. But the one thing that I think is certain is that Putin no longer has the best fighting force he had in Ukraine. The force that finally won a couple of battles when Putin's military couldn't. That's over, right? That's never coming back. Those guys are either going to be arrested or they're going to get disseminated into the crappy Russian military. But the Mm. whole... Vaunted Wagner military outfit that I was reading some quotes from Ukrainian soldiers talking about how good they were, how they were so obviously different than the Russian military that that they were bragging about various things that they saw the Wagner group able to pull off. They were just better equipped, they were better soldiers, they were better motivated, they're better. That's gone. There's that's not coming back, right? There's no way I, it's coming I, back. I, I can't picture how it was. So that's got to be good news for Ukraine. Now you're just fighting. The crappy, crappy Russian military.
4: Unless Putin, Putin's deal with uh, the Wagner group is, um, he tells Prigozhin, you got to keep helping me in Ukraine to keep your billions of dollars a year uh, gigs in Africa going.
5: Boy, would you trust him, though? I wouldn't. He just basically called me out and tried to kill me. I wouldn't all of a sudden trust him. The guy that sledgehammers people to death trust him to do what trust him to not at any moment come after me again well uh, but he could do that anyway well that, that's so, what i mean i think i i if i'm putin i'm on a one i got one mission hunt that guy down and kill him
4: i don't know that he can I think Putin. I think Putin has serious doubts as to whether he could.
5: I wonder if he has any. He doesn't. He
4: he doesn't want to to have Prigozhin meet him on Main Street in front of the saloon (laughs) because Putin's pretty sure he might lose. So he doesn't want the head to head confrontation. He wants it to go back to the way it was the illusion that he's in charge. Prigozhin, you keep your billions of dollars worth of African scams going. I won't interfere with that. You keep those contracts. But uh, as I said earlier, you stay a million miles away from Russian politics. And by the way, you got to keep 5,000 guys in Ukraine.
5: Well, Russia is certainly not the united power that the world thought it was a year and a half ago.
4: Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Putin's veneer of, uh, of control has been shattered. Absolutely. You know, you got to think back to like uh, World War II. It's, uh, the Soviet Union and the Allies joined up to beat Hitler. There wasn't a lot of love there, a lot of not a lot of trust there, but they made a bargain.
5: And how long will Common it take? Common interest. To, how long will it take to rebuild all the bridges around Moscow that they blew up with their own air force?
4: If their construction crews are as good as their uh, military, they'll never be rebuilt.
5: <laughs> you what know, one
4: story. final note that uh, Prigozhin went off on—I think it was Friday. Um, as he was bashing the the Russian military, he said, The war wasn't needed to return Russian citizens to our bosom, nor to demilitarize or denazify Ukraine. The war was needed so that a bunch of animals could simply exult in glory. So he undermined the whole rationale for the war. I'm not sure how many people in Russia ever heard that, but well, that Pugotin, was something.
5: Well, took over. Somehow his people hacked into Russian media on Saturday afternoon our time and had those messages going out before Putin mm. was able to take that down and then call him a criminal and betrayal and all that sort of stuff. So that was quite the battle.
4: So one more reason to hate the modern world and unplug the Internet. They're calling it the pervert's dilemma. It has to do with deep fake pornography. It's intriguing. Trust me on that.
5: Is this like the trolley car thing or...
4: It's a philosophical
5: discussion. It is. The prisoners something. Mm, If the prisoners
4: are naked, yeah.
5: (laughs) That and a bunch of other stuff on the way.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
5: Trying to keep up with all the stories of the day, and they're all fast-moving. And a lot of them have a whole bunch of known unknowns, or things that aren't nailed down. What the heck was that, Michael? That was me putting my hand on the mouse. Sorry about that. (laughs) Oops. You put your Lean hand the on the mouse. Old, uh, yeah.
4: on the mouse trick. Uh, all right, we need to get to this if we're going to get anywhere close to getting through it. Uh, and we will update you on those big stories, including the uh, investigation into the Biden influence peddling family uh, scandal. This is so interesting from Wired.com. Uh, they talk about this YouTuber who I don't know, but he, he got in trouble because during one of his thingamajiggers, one of his laptop screens was... Um, uh, uh, visible and what appeared to be a deep fake porn video with some other YouTube gamer people, women, was visible on his laptop. These are his friends. Wow. And evidently he had created or someone had created a uh, deep fake porn with his friends' faces that he was into. So weird. That did not go well for him. Everybody was outraged and condemned him and blah, blah, blah. But as this journalist writes, for most people, I believe, it's obvious that Ewing, that's his name, committed some kind of misconduct in consuming the fictive yet non-consensual pornography of his friends. Strong comments, blah, blah, blah. Um, but they mention he had no plan to distribute it or replicate it or anything like that. On the one hand, one may argue that by consuming the material, Ewing was incentivizing its production dissemination, but no, nobody claimed that he was going to do that. Um... Consuming the, cr- the material, the crime it appears, uh, 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 the crime that is appears to lie in the very consumption of the deep fakes. Consuming deep fakes is wrong, full stop. Irrespective of whether the people starring in the clips or anyone else finds out about it.
5: What does consuming it's mean? Watching it. Okay. Wow. At the same. T-
4: At the same time, we are equally certain that sexual fantasies are morally neutral. Indeed, no one except, you know, certain hardcore religious people would have blamed him for thinking about his friends sexually or picturing them sexually or picturing them in a sex act. You get to do that all day long. So what is the difference, really? Both the fantasy and the deepfake are essentially virtual images produced by previous data input. Only one exists in your brain, the other on a screen. Hence the pervert's dilemma. We think sexual fantasies are fine as long as they're only generated and contained in a person's head and ab- abhorrent the moment they exist in the brain with the aid of somewhat realistic representation. Yet we struggle to identify any morally relevant distinction to justify that assessment.
5: So did the person who made the deep fake porn, they committed a crime or not?
4: No. No, I think distributing it would be because they're trying desperately to pass laws that make sense. But it's incredibly easy to make them now. Well, yeah, uh, you could make when it it might take you 15 minutes to get up to speed on how to work the app. But it's incredibly easy to do.
5: Yeah, this has got to be disturbing for you, ladies. But I'm imagining the near future. It will be effortless to do really good if they if, if somebody has a picture of you at all. Oh, it's effortless now. It's how well, how good is it? I haven't seen it, but
4: it's incredibly convincing. Really? Oh yeah, it's utter, it's here. It's not coming, it's here. Wow. So, I can have sexual fantasies about my coworker and that's fine. But if I spend 5 minutes producing a video that appears to portray that even if I have no uh, intention to distribute it, that's not fine.
5: You're never going to I gonna... think the
4: difference is is she ever aware of it.
5: They're never going to stop people from doing that if it's that easy to do
4: so yeah so is it wrong if i just look at it privately wow i think it's the same as having a sexual fantasy about somebody and telling them i have sexual
0: fantasies about you
5: that's very different things are weird
3: armstrong and getty
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Not a reasonable question to ask the President of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealing by a son. Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. So that.
6: here's the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House counsel uh, has answered this question. Hmm.
5: Uh, he hasn't. So that's KJP on Friday responding to reporters who talking about the text that came out Thursday night, which we'll read to you here in just a little bit, and explain what's going on. It's all about Hunter Biden and Is there a Biden crime family and all that sort of stuff? But the most notable thing about that is the reporter's voice you heard is Peter Baker of the New York Times. So it starts with James Rosen of Newsmax, but then some of the reporters from the mainstream media jump in and KJP wasn't having it. Let's hear a little more.
6: Yes or no, was the president involved in the trade downtown? Stephen, Stephen, I just answered the question. I just said, I just, this isn't, it's not up to you how I answer the question. I just answered the question.
5: Yeah, you didn't answer the question. Here it goes again. You've stated
2: that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. And you stood at that podium and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaction? I, what
6: I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I will leave it there.
5: So that gives you an idea what it sounded like in the press room there on Friday. We'll get to the particulars. So here's the text that came out Thursday night from the committee. That's looking into all this Hunter Biden stuff. And by the way, nobody's even attempted to claim that this text is fake, which means it's real. This is Hunter Biden talking to a uh, group of Chinese that are going to give, give him a whole bunch of money. Joe will get you to the particulars later, but I think this is self-explanatory. Hunter Biden, tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father. That's a heck of a thing right there.
4: That is pay up or else, clearly.
5: So James Rosen read that uh, information that came out to John Kirby, who was the first person in the press room, and asked Kirby if the message undermines the president's claim that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with him. No, said Kirby, and I'm not going to comment further on this. When pressed, Kirby said, Let me save you some breath. I'm just not going to address this issue from the podium. I'm just not going to do it. Why not? A different journalist shouted as Kirby abruptly left the room. So then KJ P. Is that right her right initials? Yeah. Mhm. Comes on. And Peter Baker of the New York Times immediately takes up the same line of questioning. Now, in past stuff, once the right-wingy journalists are done, the other journalists go back to how big a dangerous Trump to our society or that sort of thing.
4: How great are you going to make the economy?
5: Right. No, Peter Baker of the New York Times followed up as soon as KJP got out there and said Kirby wouldn't answer James' question. Are you going to answer the question? It's not unreasonable. It's not an unreasonable question to ask whether the president of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest, in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealings by his son. If he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us, he added. That's a very pointed thing to say from the New York Times. Jean-Pierre claimed that the White House Counsel Office spokesman Ian Sams had addressed the matter, though journalists were unable to immediately locate Sams' response to the text message. I believe my colleague at the White House Council has answered this question already, has dealt with this, and made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of what my colleagues have shared, and so I would refer you to him and the DOG. Uh, Daily Caller reporter so-and-so pressed, Sam's hasn't said anything about the text message specifically. When Jean-Pierre repeated her answer, saying Sam's has dealt with this, a reporter from the New York Post pressed further, yes or no, was the president involved in the shakedown attempt? I just answered that question. It's not up to you how I answer the question. That's what you just heard. Then a wow. CBS journalist jumped in. Can you just remind us what the colleague said? <laughs> Since you're claiming a colleague already answered it.
4: And one of the other journalists said
5: he didn't say anything about the text. <laughs> right. Can you just remind us what your colleague said? Um. Uh, Jean-Pierre refused to say, responding, I would refer you to them and they will share their statement with all of you. I mean, this is the worst dodging I've ever heard. So Rosen interjected again from Newsmax. My question is about your statement, your statements from that podium. You've stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's business dealings. And you stood at the podium and reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? That's a good way to ask the question, because a person should be able to respond to their own words. Right. Without having to refer you to someone else. What I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed, she answered. The New York Post pressed, there's evidence that the first son was at the president's home and that the president was there two days prior, because they know the date of the message. Jean-Pierre deflected, I'm calling on your colleague right now. So she tried to say, you know, I've already answered your questions. I'm going to talk to somebody else. So then that somebody else who the press secretary was calling on, took up the line of questioning, which is the way you should do it in the press room, Mm -hmm. to follow up on my calling, was the president there or not? I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House Council. They have addressed this, and I would refer you to them. They have not, by the way. Now an NBC reporter tried a slightly different approach, asking Jean-Pierre if she'd ask President Biden about whether he was there with his son on July 30. This is not a conversation that I've had with the president. Again, I would refer you to the White House Council. So Sams, the much-cited spokesman that Jean-Pierre kept referring to, did not directly address the text message in a subsequent statement. As we've said many times before, the president was not in business with his son, sidestepping the central questions raised by the text message about whether Biden was indeed with his son on the date in question and whether he spoke with his son about the message. Now, Mark Halpern pointed out that that's a different answer than they've given in the past. In the past, they've always said Joe Biden has never had any conversations with Hunter about his business dealings. This was the president was not in business with his son, Hmm. which is, is a lawyerly different sort of thing to say.
4: Right. And then Hunter's own attorney said, hey, he was a hopeless junkie. He said all sorts of stuff. Get comfy under the bus, Hunter.
5: I think the key thing here is that the New York Post, CBS, NBC, and others were starting the whole feeding frenzy thing that happens when there's an actual scandal going on and when they believe they're being lied to.
4: Right. They've ignored this stuff for many, many months. All the ties to China and and Ukraine and Kazakhstan and Mexico and the rest of it and how rich the Biden family seems to have gotten and all their many LLCs, and all the mysterious payments to all those LLCs. But now, KJP went ahead and lied to their faces, so now they're interested. Out of
5: pride, I guess. Well, I that know. particular text with Hunter saying, I'm sitting right here with next to my dad, which I don't know if you believe his dad was actually sitting there or not, that's a good thing to claim. I mean, I've made that sort of claim with various things in my life. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the boss right here. Um, but... Doesn't matter. I mean, that is worth asking questions about, obviously. I would say.
4: So here's a little timeline stuff. That all took place on the 30th of July in 2017. Uh, Four days later, uh, you got to know that we're talking about uh, a Chinese investment fund, partially Communist Party-owned, BHR partners, and then there's the government-linked CEFC China Energy. So CEFC, four days later, sent $100,000 to Hunter's law firm. Less than a week after the text, CEFC also wired $5 million to the firm Hudson West 3 uh, four days after that. Now, of that $5 million, $4.8 million of it were then handed over into in consulting fees to Hunter Biden's law firm over the next 13 months, just trickling out 100000 hundred thousand, two hundred thousand $200,000 at a time. Years earlier, the Harvest Fund collaborated with Hunter's firm, Rosemont Seneca Partners, to launch BHR Partners just 12 days after Hunter flew with his daddy aboard Air Force Two for an official trip to Beijing. During that trip, Hunter introduced Joe Biden to the CEO, and uh, the C- And uh, uh, Joe Biden later wrote college recommendation letters for the CEO's children. Um, so all of that flowing from that text message and the relationships he started in China when he was flying with his dad on Air Force Two, but they never had any discussions about it whatsoever. And uh, and the dozen or more meetings between Joe Biden and Hunter's business associates were just meet and greets, had nothing to do with business. It wasn't influence peddling or anything like that. That's what we're being asked to believe.
5: A um, couple of text responses on this and then remind you of one particular question from The New York Times, I think worth mentioning right after this
4: quick word from our friends at simply safe home security we've heard uh, you've heard us talk about them now for some time uh, they were named best home security of 2023 again by us news and world report but they are not resting on their laurels the laurels they're innovating For instance, their new 2-in-1 smoke and CO detector, Next Generation Hazard Detection, distinguishes between fire and cooking smoke. So your home is protected and you get fewer false alarms.
5: So simply safe, simple to use, simple to order, simple to set up. You can set it up yourself or you can have a certified technician install it for you. 24-7 professional monitoring service, trained trained agents ready to respond in an emergency, dispatching police, firefighter, EMTs, whatever you're going to need. And this monitoring service costs under a dollar a day.
4: Yep, it's fantastic. And right now, get 20% off your new system when you sign up for interactive monitoring. Visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. simplysafecom slash Armstrong. If you want to finance it, you can do that, although it's very, very reasonably priced, especially compared to the old systems. Wow. simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. There's no safe like Safe.
5: So Joe has implied that I'm a hopelessly naive uh, poltroon with the um, sense of an eight-year-old girl in that i wow i don't Whoa. necessarily wow. <laughs> i don't necessarily i i don't believe joe biden is aware of what's going on a necessary belief
4: how can you possibly not get it do you think joe biden hasn't noticed how incredibly rich he's become Boy, we sure do buy a lot of stuff and still have a lot of money. Oh, well, he thinks, <laughs> let's buy another house. I wonder where the money came from. No idea. Oh, Heidi, oh, hey,
5: We got this text, LMAO, which, uh, wow, it's L-M-A-O-W-T-F. That's way too many cursing letters. Uh, uh, IDK. IDK. Jack, <laughs> don't you don't think Joe was involved? You have no consistency. You sound like Dr. Phil or Ellen now, just saying words and plugging sponsors. <laughs> Yeah, quit being like Ellen. Uh, the other end of it is, come on, guys, I'm no Biden family lover, but just because a dishonest, crack-smoking kid says in an email that his father is sitting next to him doesn't make it true. Um, oh, to, that's true. Yeah. Well, absolutely, but to, could we, we've got every time we bring up this topic, we get a fair amount of, you guys are trying to find something where there is nothing. Well, at this point... You've got to believe that the New York Times is being too hard on Joe Biden. When Peter Baker of the New York Times says, it's not unreasonable to ask whether the President of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest, in some sort of a course of conversation for business dealings by his son. If he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. That's the New York Times, all right?
4: Joined by NBC and CBS in the questioning, the aggressive questioning. And then... KJP report repeatedly says, no, ask the White House counsel. The White House counsel has addressed this. And then the White House counsel puts out gobbledygook.
5: Um, I would say I listened to a. I was listening to the National Review podcast last week with all their people on there, and none of them Joe Biden fans, obviously, if you know anything about the National Review. And they actually did a where are you on the likelihood Joe Biden is involved in this scale of 1 to 10, and all but one of them were very low. They just can't believe that Joe Biden's actually just same as I've been thinking all along. They can't believe that Joe Biden's actually involved with this himself. Um, I would be I would be shocked if he is. I will be surprised. Doesn't mean that he can't. I would be be
4: shocked if he's not. His brother, his brother's up to his ears in it. Plausible deniability. Nobody has disputed a single iota of what Tony Pomolinski has testified to. They have not disputed a single fact He was their business partner. He said, yeah, we knew who the big guy was. And I asked James James Biden, why do we never name him? Why don't we ever say he's going to be at the meeting? Plausible deniability, Tony. Plausible deniability. Bingo. Um,
5: If I want to be conspiracy minded, I could believe that the reason the New York Times and others are enthusiastic about it now is they're not enthusiastic about Joe Biden being the nominee and they don't mind driving him out of office. So I don't know. That might be a step too far, but. What
4: do you think? I thought you were going to say they were under orders from the Illuminati.
5: (laughs) Text line is 415 295 KFTC. God save the Queen, man.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Rarely do failed mutineers receive a hero's departure. But residents
4: cheered Wagner's soldiers as they left the Russian city of Rostov. Come back alive and take care
0: of yourselves, shouted people in the crowd. The mercenary group's leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin, smiled and posed for selfies on his way out.
5: Yeah! Did you see that with his head sticking out of the car and people running up with their phones to take selfies with the guy who's trying to overthrow Putin? Now that's what it looks like to be greeted as liberators. If you remember mm-hmm. that phrase from the Iraq War, they were cheering Prigozhin when they rolled into town, and cheering him when they left, and saying "come back, stay safe." And then when the Russian military showed back up, they were like standing in front of their vehicles and yelling at him. Nice,
4: nice. So Prigozhin, unseen, unheard from Putin, likewise, until now. Breaking news, breaking oh, Russian boy. cool news. Oh
5: boy! And update. Uh, news breaks,
4: the donkey brays. <laughs> Yevgeny Prigozhin issued his first statement since his aborted weekend rebellion, saying that he halted his march on Moscow because he did not want to spill Russian blood and because the goal was protest, not regime change. He did not take responsibility for killing more than a dozen pilots, excuse me, and other Russians during his brief revolt, saying they attacked his troops. And he said that if Russian troops had marched on the first day of the invasion as far as his Wagner troops marched in 24 hours. The war that stretched more than 16 months would have ended in one day. We started our march because of an injustice, he said in an 11-minute video statement. He said his troops were met with cheering crowds, waving the flag of his Wagner group fighters, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So it was protest. It was not Regime change or or a coup or anything like that, just to protest. Putin and Prigozhin are working out how each one stays alive and Putin retains control of the country and his credibility. And Prigozhin, his longtime, uh, I thought this was a great analogy, he was like the highest earning lieutenant that a mob boss has. He wants to keep that status. So they're like, oh, 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 we can do a lot better together than apart. How do we work this out?
5: Putin can't go back to his previous thing, because if he lets this guy who said you were lied to, you were lied into the war, there are no Nazis. If he lets this guy go, he doesn't look like the same Putin as he did before. Right,
4: right. But Putin knows he doesn't have the forces to take down Prigozhin. No. Boghossian's got a better army. Smaller, right. but better.
5: Right. Yeah. Well, as the, the many people who have said, there are many more shoes to drop, or this this is the first act of a long play, or what, whatever metaphor you want to use. Yeah, this is a long way from over.
4: On a totally different topic, the great Bill Murray has been recognized uh, by linguists as having invented a modern uh, phrase. Indeed, it is a prolepsis, a figure of speech in which a future state is represented as occurring, already occurring, as in you're dead or you're history. Bill Murray, now fully credited with inventing your toast. Really? This chick is toast from Ghostbusters. That was an ad lib. That wasn't the line that was written for him.
5: That's where it, your toast came comes
4: that from? That is the origin of your toast. Huh. Newspaper databases confirmed the use of toast only took off after Ghostbusters hit it big at the box office in the summer of 1984. And what fine and simple times those were.
5: Well, where does the term conspiracy theory come from? JFK Jr. is out with that story. And it's, and it's his own conspiracy theory about that, which is funny. If you miss an hour of the show, we do four. Grab the podcast. Armstrong and Getty on demand.
3: Armstrong and Getty.